0: Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. good people we're back at it again and thank you for everyone across the world who listens to the m-w tactical podcast this week's show is brought to you by cae transfers cae transfers is the home of the twenty dollar transfer in columbia south carolina So head on over to Facebook and look up CAE Transfers and see what all they have to offer and what they are about. One more thing about CAE Transfers is that they are a sponsor of myself when it comes to competition shooting. So head on over to CAE Transfers Facebook page, give them a follow, a thumbs up, and let them know that you heard about CAE Transfers on the M dash W tactical podcast. I think I kind of chewed that up a little bit. Charlie alpha echo transfers C a E. There we go. All right. So as y'all know, the co-host, I call a rock star. Some people call her MJ either way. I am on troll patrol and I constantly nag her, so I'm still surprised that she is still sitting in the co-host seat right now, <laughs> even over Thanksgiving. I was trying to get to the house so I can start a food fight with her with the macaroni and cheese, but <laughs> she wouldn't give me the address. So I got to go back and try to find the address. More importantly, <laughs> but without further ado, bring it forth, the beautiful, the lovely the co-host of the M-W Tactical Podcast, Rockstar. What's going on with you there, Miss Rockstar?
1: Oh, just relaxing after a long Thanksgiving. And yeah, that's kind of it. I've just been catching up with family and friends and spending some time up um, back in my hometown, which has been, it's been good.
0: You know, always spending time with family is always a great thing, but yeah. Having Thanksgiving and it was your birthday as well the weekend over the weekend. So happy birthday to you and um everybody. Please go ahead and give Rockstar a shout out on social media. Happy birthday or happy belated birthday. (laughs) So (laughs) now, did you do anything special? Did you go out and um, take the red eye to New York party in Times Square and catch another flight to los angeles or do a world
1: tour (laughs) like that i had a pretty low-key birthday because it was actually on thanksgiving so Mm -hmm. i mean not a lot of stuff was even open Mm -hmm. um but i spent time with my family my mom baked me a cheesecake i'm a big cheesecake fan and then friday i went out with some friends and um had dinner, and just kind of yeah, it was fun it was it was good. I had a good time,
0: yeah, that's all that matters right there, so um my thanksgiving it was very enjoyable. I relaxed, I spent time with my daughter, so we had fun, she helped cook, she wanted some um fried turkey, so of course, we fried turkey for, her. and um <laughs> Like I said, it was just, it was just fun times. It was just fun times, fun conversations, just watching her interact and her development in life, you know, it's pretty enjoyable <laughs> in a sense of speaking, <laughs> you know, so her, her little self, you know, uh, as I call it, the little assistance.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, but outside of that, um, you know, the whole Thanksgiving spending time with family and everything. And of course, The week that I have her, I didn't do anything gun related. I didn't draw fire. I didn't clean the firearm. I didn't make bullets. I didn't make any videos. (laughs) I didn't do anything. So that time was dedicated strictly for the little assistant.
2: That's
1: awesome.
0: Oh yeah. So um man, like I said, it, it was it was a fun time. But one thing about Thanksgiving that took place for me was the day after Thanksgiving. And I was actually amazed at how many people actually went back to work. Considering that Thanksgiving was on Thursday, I would think more businesses would have been like, okay, let's take Friday off and then come back to work on Monday. But, you know, thursday off and then go back to work on friday to take saturday off you know that didn't register in my mind but then again men in the military you know that's the automatic four-day weekend right there right yeah so but that was the thing that got me but either way i'm pretty sure everyone did spend time with loved ones or did catch up on some relaxation that they had um look forward to, or that was much needed from the year. And considering that this year was pretty much up and down. (laughs) So it gets kind of crazy. So um, did you actually put a tree up after Thanksgiving?
1: No, no tree yet. (laughs) Mm, Because I I know that's a ritual
0: in in some families, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so um,
1: I get the tree the day after.
0: Yeah, and like I said, I know a lot of people like after they eat and everything and that's like a big festive thing for a lot of families. I was never one that was very particular about putting up a tree. So when I did put up a tree a few times in my life, meaning when I moved out of my parents dwelling and when I'd done it, I was like, man, it's more work putting it up than taking it down. So, you know, I'm forget putting it up, <laughs> just go around to everybody else's <laughs> house and say, you know, Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So, that's um, that's one of those things. That's just how my mind operates sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, but once again, everyone, I hope everyone out there had a very thankful. Thanksgiving interaction with family, loved ones, and friends, and may you prepare for the upcoming Christmas celebration and New Year celebration as well. So, let's go ahead and dive into a quick commercial break, and um, when we come back, let's get the talking points started. All right. So, if everyone will please stay in your seats, if you're in your vehicle. Turn the radios up, if it's raining, slow it down. And here are a few words from our sponsors.
2: Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. What's up, good people?
0: Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please go visit the M-W Tactical Store at www.m www.m-wtactical.com forward store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for m-w-tactical.
3: Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store or it's sent to a federally licensed middleman, called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina, or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAETransfers. Thank you for your business and I look forward to seeing you
4: soon. Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to Specialized forty Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with OutdoorDynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have.
5: JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit oak leather securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. All
0: right, good people. We're back at it again, and thank you for sitting through that commercial break. Now, if you are observing the M-W Tactical Podcast on YouTube, as you can tell, you're only going to see the picture of Rockstar. So this time around, she opted out from being on the camera. And I honestly think she is still indulging in some of the cheesecake that her mom made her. She just don't want y'all to see her eating it. But it's okay. We are still (laughs) blessed to be in her presence right
1: (laughs) I'm not sharing that cheesecake.
0: It's too bad. <laughs> hey, now that you said it, troll Patrol is back in effect. we our mission <laughs> is to get a slice of that cheesecake, and I don't even like cheesecake. <laughs> All right, so um, let's dive in because last week we had the conversation of the trials that was taken forth, and since our last conversation, the verdict for the second trial that we spoke on has came about. And I just wanted to go ahead and get your take on what you've heard, what you've experienced from both the Rittenhouse trial and the Arbery verdict.
1: Well, I feel like I've heard a lot of things. I think the biggest thing is that the people who were, Um, I feel like a lot of the people who were excited about the Rittenhouse verdict were equally as excited about the Arbery verdict so I I liked that I was very um, I was very happy that that seems to be kind of the um, you know the tone that's been set so obviously there's some people that have disagreed with the um, outcome of the Arbery trial, but by and large, it seems like people agree with with the outcome of that. I actually feel like the Rittenhouse trial was maybe more, <laughs> more controversial um, and people were less excited about that outcome. But for me, I kind of have said this, I'm like, I feel like the justice system has been on fire lately. Like they've been, you know, really serving justice and, um, you know, we're seeing... You know, we're we're seeing the outcomes that align with the law. So, in my mind, that's a good thing. Like, that's that's a system that we want to uphold, that we want to keep moving forward with, um, that is actually just. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I was very pleased with the outcome. I know a lot of people were um, hesitant to think that they would actually be charged with murder, but. Um, I thought it was a pretty cut and dry. I mean, it seemed like they would—they had enough evidence to, you know, to charge them with murder and, and be able to get that outcome. So, but there were definitely people who were um, not thinking that was going to be the case. But yeah, by and large, like I'm happy. I, I, like I said, I think we're doing good things. I think we're moving in the right direction. I think justice is being applied the way it should be across the board. So I, I have no, I have no complaints.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I honestly believe that, um, justice was served. What we actually witnessed was the fact that the justice system does work as it right. should. And I had this conversation with my cousin up in Virginia and my buddy, who's a member of team American gun chick. And as we was talking about it, I've always stated that the law can be perfect if it is equal across the board. Right. It's just when you have people with different intentions, ruling and controlling the law that's where the bias comes in at. And basically what I'm saying is if you take five people of five different races and they all do the same crime, they should all get the same punishment.
1: Absolutely. It,
0: It shouldn't be based off of their skin color. So honestly speaking with the Arbery trial, I'm glad that the people actually ruled justice as it was or right. as they seen it, right? Yeah. Um, now, I'm still having conversations about the Rittenhouse trial and I'm just baffled of how some people are just closed mind on the circumstances. <laughs> right. You know, and I mean, I've heard the argument go both ways on both trials. Sure. And I was in public when I had a conversation with someone in Columbia about the Rittenhouse trial. And as I'm sitting there talking with this person and they just spewing off about, you know, like, Hey, you know, he should have went to jail X, Y, Z, and they're giving their belief. And I just asked the question, like, did you do any research on this yourself? Or are you just listening to what you heard on TV and other people say? and they haven't done any of the research, right? And then I went on ahead and say, okay, so when you're saying he shoot, when he shot these people, you do realize it wasn't black people who he shot. And then they tried to argue me that it was. And I was like, <laughs> hold on. And I went to my phone, pulled it up on YouTube and showed them the footage of the guy, like how he was nailed down holding his arm they got the picture of his arm um being shot and i was like that's clearly not a black person i mean I, i don't know if he had mixed parents and he just looks to be caucasian but you know that clearly visually is not a person of color right and then you get the uh uh right and now when i showed the other um photo of the skateboard guy, cause it was all still frames in the video that I showed him cause they yeah. was not gonna actually show the act of. And he was like, well, wasn't that a, a black lives matter um, protest? And I said, it doesn't matter what the protest was. The matter is the actions that took place right here in the video for him to be tried about self-defense. Yeah. And, um, Then you get the deer in the headlight look. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, okay, so let's start all over again. And then, of course, when we started talking about it, then you kind of see the light bulb come on and see them change like their perspective, but they were still trying to argue what they believed. You know, know, it it really wasn't an open-minded conversation, but I saw what it was and how it was taking place. So I was just like, okay, cool. I mean, you got it. You know, that's what you believe. That's what you think. But I guarantee you after that conversation, they went home and started looking up stuff to actually see it from a different standpoint. Yeah. Now, like I said, also, when I spoke to my cousin about it, my cousin was telling me stuff that she believed that was true, but she also admitted I didn't watch the trial. I didn't do any research or anything like that. So when I outlined everything to her and then... She actually came forth and stated, you know what? You are correct. The law is the law. You know what I'm saying? And I believe more people are putting personal emotions into it and what they want to have happen. Right. Letting the law take its course and do what it's justified to do. Right. You know, and um, even when you turn around and you look at the Arbery verdict, that took place one of my main questions is i i understand what the defense was doing by trying to interject race into the trial but the way they was doing it was very distasteful and dishonest
1: yeah
0: you know so um and that's the best way i can word it right now sure And, like, even when you looked at it, one of the things that really got under my skin was when the female defense lawyer, when she was talking about Aubrey, she was talking about him not having any socks on and having dirty toenails, right? That right there is a play that the media does all the time. So even when you look at the news, you know, obviously when I was growing up, there was a lot of incidents, whereas you saw people of color being portrayed on the news for doing like small crimes that are like misdemeanor offenses. But when they talk about it, they're talking about a bigger case, but their image is on the news. Yeah. And it, it was almost like that. And I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. And And of course, you know, me hanging around with a couple of lawyers, they always say the same thing. You know, it's not about what's true. It's about who tells the better story, the believable story and everything like that. So, and if, you know, you're doing distasteful stuff like that, how is that even remotely fair? You know, but then again, there's no rules in a fight as I've always been taught. (laughs)
1: right
0: (laughs) so like i said i I just don't appreciate like how the media has influence over trials any trial you know how they try to sway it by using yeah you know and um like i said it just gets ugly when you start doing stuff like that and then um the guy who videotaped it um uh, what was his name? Roddy. Yeah, Roddy Wilms, something. Roddy. Yeah, Roddy is what they called him. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, he's going to file a petition for a retrial. And I think he's eligible for a retrial, but the other two are not. You know, so yeah. I really didn't look into it or really read into it. But when I heard it, I was just like, okay, cool. And I, and I honestly think he's going to get the retrial because their argument more than likely is going to be he just sat there and recorded it. Sure. But once you go back into it, once you use your vehicle as a blocking device, now you are an accessory to that crime. You can uh-huh. record all day and not, well, depending on where you are and how you record is how they're going to charge you. Right? But... um. I still think they're going to hit them up on uh, being an accessory to the trial.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you have that one prosecuting lawyer, the original prosecutor lawyer. And I think this is the lady that you asked about last week where yeah. I said it, I wasn't certain on, um, Jackie Johnson. Is it yes. Right? And uh, she wasn't willing to press charges at first. And of course, you know, the GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigations, bought her up on charges um, because of that. So, and even when you turn around and you look at it through the eyes of justice and the court case overall, the first part is over with. Now you still got to deal with the second part, which would be the sentencing and the possible retrial that can take effect. And then the third part, right? This prosecuting or the original prosecuting attorney. Why did you make that decision? Because you got to remember, as we stated the week before last, all the phone calls and all the connections and text messages that, hey, you need to call this person, you need to call this person, and the cover-up was starting back then, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, so the question is why, right, which we already know the reason why, but um, how is that, you know, going to move forward with other future cases taking place, you know? So it's it's pretty interesting when you look at it overall and um but is this a new wave for the legal system in America? Yeah. You know what I'm saying because I don't believe the legal system is corrupt. It's just as I stated earlier, the people who are running it with the intentions of not being fair from the start that's why the legal system isn't fair as we know it to be yeah you know so um but like i said once again i'm pretty sure we're gonna have to wait a couple weeks a couple months and see what actually comes out with both cases because i honestly do believe these are the two most important cases as far as the second amendment community are concerned yeah yeah and then um what's your take on um well let's do this let's hop into a quick commercial break and then when we come back let's talk about the alec baldwin situation again because of course you know he came back in and said some things uh, let's see what takes place with that all right so if everybody will please stay in your seats and here are a few words from our sponsors
3: Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesman, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store or sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon.
2: Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org.
6: Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself.
5: JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit oak leather securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer boltron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, The relic holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com.
4: Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Kannapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to Specialized forty Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with OutdoorDynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have.
0: All right, good people, we're back at it again. And once again, thank you for listening to the commercial break and pay those sponsors a call. And as you can tell, we have a new commercial for this week with the good people from Outdoor Dynamics. And if you follow my social media feed, um, Sunday, I actually posted a video, whereas the good people from Outdoor Dynamics sent me some rounds, to go ahead and um, get some practice in and plink around with. And once again, I want to say thank you, John, for sending me that package. It is very much appreciated. Um, But head head on over to outdoordynamics.net and let them know specifically that you heard about them through the M-W Tactical Podcast. Now, before we went to that commercial break, we had bought up Alec Baldwin again. And honestly speaking, I've always said these movie figures who are considered multimillionaires are not in touch with reality as we know (laughs)
1: it.
0: Right. Now, of course, the movie set, which we all know and what we've learned was the fact that they have a prop master who is in charge of the safety of the firearms on the set. But obviously firearm training for those in the movie industry is not relevant for certain people. And I honestly believe if you're doing a movie with any type of firearms, right? Regardless regardless if it's a prop, or a documentary and just shows you shooting a real firearm, you should have went to some form of, of firearms training course with a reputable instructor. Now, Alec Baldwin has came back in the press and stated that there needs to be a police officer on these sets to ensure that firearm procedures are being done correctly. And I don't agree with that, All right. But before I give my opinion, I want to hear what you think about it.
1: Well, I just think it's funny that the same side that always is talking about defunding the police wants to use them like <laughs> at their whims selectively but the rest of us can't have them but you know if you're part of the elite class you can have access to the the police whenever you want um so i don't first of all i don't necessarily think that police are the experts in this matter not saying that police don't train with their weapons but we've seen plenty of instances across the country where police maybe haven't handled their firearm correctly they and it's very much district by district like how much training is required of them there's not this national mandate that says police officers need x amount of hours training with their firearm per month after becoming you know an officer on the force so i don't know how like you can like what would be the credentials for that? What if you end up with a you know police officer who has only been on the force for two months and now you're trying to pull him onto a movie set and he really hasn't had a ton of firearms training. There's just like a lot of things that I don't think have been, um, I don't know, brought up or thought through. And I feel like it's one of those things where Oh, it's just one of those things where people are um, very much just trying to use their words to sound intelligent. but really when you when you kind of break down what they're saying, there's thought intelligence behind you know behind their words. Um, I also thought it was interesting. So uh, there's an article that I was reading and it's talking about, um, you know, he basically said every film and TV set that uses guns, fake or otherwise should have a police officer on set hired by the production team to specifically monitor weapons safety. But I don't necessarily think that the, um, I don't really think that's the production team's job to you know to source a police officer to be on set for them right like it just I don't know I just I don't understand the reasoning behind that like why don't you just have a why don't you just have someone who's a firearms expert who does training who understands how to check whether or not your weapon is loaded or not there's just I don't understand like why he wants to go this route Um, and then I also saw how I think it's The Rock was talking about he wants or he's you know in all of his movies now if they're filming with guns they're going to use rubber guns or something like that Um, I don't know with all the things you can do in post-production these days and just capabilities with CGI and all of that stuff I don't really know why you would even need live ammo on a set because you can do yeah it's going to take more work obviously but you can do almost all of that in post-production and I you know I've I've worked in advertising on and off throughout the years seen a lot of movie magic and I know (laughs) you know even in like commercials the things that they can do and that's what Budgets that are, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, not millions of dollars. So you would think with a multi-million dollar budget, you could dedicate a lot of that to to post. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an Alec Baldwin fan to begin with. I, you know, I think it's unfortunate that he is going through this situation. But I just feel like he's just, every time he talks, I just think he just... <laughs> He's not saying anything that is making me think any more highly of him, if that makes sense. So this is just another instance of him saying something, kind of spewing something that he, you know, I'm sure sounds good on paper, but then when you really kind of break it down, there's just a lot of things that don't make sense about having an officer on set. I
0: think it's nothing more than him trying to pass the buck,
1: you know, Mm -hmm. and -hmm.
0: as you stated, Okay. Would the response have been different or the take would have been better if he would have stated something along the lines of, okay, every movie that I do from here on out, whereas a firearm is going to be used, the whole staff, production staff will go through a firearm safety course. Right. I think that would have been more impactful. I think that would have been more genuine. And it would have show the assertiveness of understanding something that you are against, just right. because you're against it. You might want to know a little bit more about it before you speak on it. Um, yeah. And the way I look at that in my mind is imagine when you're talking to a kid or a child, I don't like this. I don't like that. Well, have you even tried it yet? All right. Taste it before you, assume you don't like it right you know um for me like when I was had my daughter when she was younger and I know she loves chicken right she likes eggs and she loves cheese <laughs> so <laughs> I made these burritos a chicken egg and cheese burrito for her. and at first it was always you no know, mommy says I don't like this mommy says I don't like that and I was like well you have to try to see if you like it you know mommy might not like it but you tried to see if you like it so it took a couple months and then she actually tried it and was like yo this is really good right so now she can speak on that burrito (laughs) this is the same thing you know whereas yes you can be against firearms and one thing i've always seen and observed when it comes to firearms training the female who was intimidated or scared and had the belief like, oh, we don't need firearms. Now, once they're actually taught correctly and they, you can actually see, oh, I can shoot this tool and it's not going to hurt me. Right. Now they start getting the enjoyment value out of it. And then some people get addicted to it, whereas they want to go shooting all the time regardless if it's just shooting a target or going through a training course or even competition shooting, you know? Um, And that might happen with some of those people on that set. But the bottom line is still going to be, they all learned something that's going to be important. So you can go to a basic firearm class, right? Don't go to it again for another two years. And then the next time you go, something that light bulb is going to hit. It happens to all of us, you know, so never look at going to a basic class as to be frowned upon, you know, right, yeah. by being in the movie industry, that should be something they do continuously, especially if you're going to be doing these movies, you know, so everybody should be aware. Because even when we're on the range, what's the first thing we say, who's a safety on the range, everybody's a everybody. safety on the range, who can call a ceasefire. Everybody could call a ceasefire. <laughs> Anyone could call a ceasefire. However you yep. want to word it, right? So it's the same thing on a movie set. If somebody seen something that didn't look right, right? Like um, a light was about to fall, or something was about to put somebody else in danger. I'm pretty sure even if they said action, stop, stop, stop. Get get that before it falls. It's gonna hurt so and so. You know what I'm saying? what's the difference between that same thing happening? Uh, Well, hold on, let's double check that firearm because I didn't check it. I didn't see nobody else check it, you know, just to be on the safe side of things, you know? So I think is the genuine thought, like you stated, bring somebody who's a professional in that area, you know? But isn't that what the prop people should have been doing it in the first place, right. going through the firearms training and all that so they can be aware and understanding. Yeah. You know? So, and instead of canceling out one thing and substituting it for something else, just re-education. I mean, how simple is that? I mean, we do it all the time in society, right? When you go to school, you fail a test, okay, you retake it. If it's a test, whereas you need a certificate to work, you fail it, you get another chance at it, right? Maybe you didn't understand it the first time around. All right, take a day or two, refresh yourself, come back, redo it, right? Look at the people who um, who get DUIs, right? Or you got too many driving infractions. You gotta go through a driver's training course again, sit in this class to get the points reduced so you can get your license back reinstated. Right. All right, so re-education, Let's the simple answer <laughs> let's educate but re-educate as well <laughs> you know? but I think he was trying to pass the buck by saying bring police officers on the set because I know plenty of police officers that don't get the training they are deserving to get you know and yeah. one thing I would like to do is partner with somebody um, to possibly raise money And send a couple officers to training, you know, or, you know, partner with somebody and just go out and train these police officers on different measures of shooting, you know, to pick their skills up and everything. Because um, I'm not going to state the location of this police officer where I had a conversation and he's pretty much stated to me, they gave him a box of 50 rounds and said, this right here is your session for training for the year. I don't think that's acceptable at all. So if that's happening at this one location, what are smaller agencies across the nation doing to supplement training in a sense of speaking for us to have the false security and belief that, hey, these officers are highly trained, highly skilled, And they know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? So I just think, to me, that was just passing the buck. And you're not in touch with reality as we know it to be, as I stated at the beginning. Right. You know, so um, what do you do? How do you look at it? But I'm thinking with him being the person that still Like, not giving resistance. He's, you know, um, in association with their help. What's going to be the outcome? Because I'm pretty sure that's how they're looking at it. Like, how can we mitigate this? And that's the only thing he could have thought of was bring police officers on set. Mm, Like I said, I don't think that's acceptable, (laughs) you know, in, in a sense of speaking. You got any further thoughts on that?
1: No, I think you're right. I think he is just trying, I was like the, he needed to come up with an answer and that was the best he could come up with. Mm
0: -hmm. And even when you turn around and you look at it, that is not a genuine thought process, but are you in shock or are you just thinking about this by yourself, or are you actually running it through your team, you know?
1: Oh, well, I think it's one of those things where he, uh, <laughs> I don't think he runs a lot of things through his team. I think he just kind of says what he wants, because that's, that's his personality, right? <laughs> um, and I think it sounded... <laughs> I think in his role, I mean, and think about it this way. Like, if you're someone who doesn't use firearms regularly, who do you think of as the person who's going to be the gun expert? Oh, the cops, the cops carry guns. They're going to be the go-to, right? So I'm sure in his mind, he was like, no, yeah, we should should have the police on set because the police use guns. But I'm like, but dude, that's not really, I mean, yeah, they do, but that's not the main part of their job. (laughs) You should really just find someone who's a focused firearms expert Mm
0: and bring them on set yeah and i think um the concept of that how how do you look at it going forward with this case is this a matter of you're just trying to put a bandage over it and move forward or are you actually being sincere with your craft your career moving forward for everybody else in the industry
1: well yeah and that's an interesting point, too, because, I mean, think of how many movies have come out since, when was that, 1993, when The Crow happened? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have there been other fatal accidents on set since then? Like, I, I'm sure there, there have maybe been accidents, but I don't think any of that have been a fatality. So it seemed like we were doing something right. Or that there were some checks and balances in place, or that movie sets were safer than they had been. So, what happened here? Like, what was the what was the what was the Achilles' heel that made it kind of fall apart? Right. Um,
0: you know, another example I like to use when I'm talking with people about this situation or anything with firearm safety. If you was to go to a competition match and I specifically always state, go to a USPSA three gun or an IDPA match, or an in, and even still challenge. And look at the safety um, of the range with these matches. So you got over 50 people at some matches shooting this match at this club. And there isn't one infraction during the weekend, right? And honestly speaking, I think it was only three serious infractions within USPSA that has taken place over past 30 years or something like that. And one of the infractions was the person doing the RO wasn't paying attention and someone was downrange, um, resetting the stage, didn't clear it, and when they say, say it, once they said make ready, um, the guy started shooting the course of fire. And this guy was like, wait, 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 wait. All right. So that was one incident. Um, and I think another incident was someone was having a seizure when um, they actually started like, you know, make ready. Okay. When the beep starts, you know, you can go ahead and go. Once the beep start, he started shooting and then he went into um, a seizure, having a seizure. And when some the RO realized that he was quick on his feet and only thing they did was like securely just put him down and just remove the firearm from his hand and let it take its course.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so sure. And and like I'm saying, like even when you turn around and you look at it from that standpoint, a movie set and something that can be considered a hobby for the weekend shooting a match right it's more right. safer than your movie set was right so right. what corners were cut because i can tell you now in a competition match there is no corners cut when it comes to safety you can't have um, right. live ammo in the safe area and the safe area is where you take your firearm out your carrying case put it on your holster and you can do a little bit of draw fire you know to warm up can't have no sure. no ammo in that area and if you do and if somebody sees it you are <laughs> disqualified <laughs> you see what i'm saying yeah. like that's how meticulous it is as far as the safety aspect sure um once you're walking around the range you can't just openly play with your firearm once that firearm is in your holster the next time it comes out of your holster is when it's your time to shoot and you get the command make ready if you pull it out before then sure. like, hey man look at my new gun i just got of course, you're going to get DQ right there. Like I said, safety is very important when it comes to these matches. And like I said, I'm speaking right now on a local level, but think about it from the national level. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So now a national level, you're shooting 21 stages over three days. So seven stages a day. But how many people come through a nationals match? it's practically like almost a thousand maybe you know maybe even more you know but look how safe it is never no incidents yeah you're gonna have your people who do an accidental discharge and like they're moving too fast or something malfunction happened with their firearm but everything was conducted in a safe area where nobody got hurt you know sure but why cut corners on a movie i don't get it right no but simple answer is yeah you have a bunch of people who possibly don't know anything about firearms and looking at it from Alec Baldwin's standpoint, of course they want to cut costs as much as possible. So of course, when you pay for, you get what you pay for. Let's look at it like that. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's crazy. It's just crazy if you ask me, you know,
1: yeah, and it's sad. I mean, it's just sad that that's what ended up happening, right? Like, that woman did not deserve to be shot and killed on set, but it was because of his negligence and other people's negligence that that's the situation now. Yeah, and
0: um, that's very unfortunate. And, and like I said, he could have been standoffish about it, but it, it just sounds like he's really... Sorry about the incident. Um, He wish it never happened. And that's genuine. You can't take that away from him. That's a genuine act. Um, But I think he is participating with the investigation, showing his condolences to the family and offering much as he can to everyone because this is something you can't reverse. And of course, this is going to change his view on everything in life now, you know, moving forward. And how he interacts with people and the bottom line is is the fact he can say I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I wish this never happened but unfortunately that person is never coming back their family right. is missing a loved one yeah. you know but only thing we can do from this moment moving forward is ensure it doesn't happen again so right these maybe the movie industry needs to have uh, a criteria for these prop masters to go through and they have to meet certain benchmarks before they can be hired for a movie right you know cancel out the whole um this is my son this is my daughter you know what i'm saying everybody goes through some form of an educational program whereas this doesn't happen again you know but having cops on the set, I don't think that's the remedy for this problem right
1: here. Right, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that really solves anything. Right, correct. So So,
0: moving forward, um, well, actually when we sat there, we was talking, we're still waiting on um, Rockstar's friend who was the friend with Homeland Security to come forth and state if he's able to do the podcast and have this discussion. And of course, just like anything else, you got to get that cleared through people. And I don't think a lot of people really understand that, (laughs) you know, so, um, so we're just waiting on him to come forth to say yay or nay, if he can, or if he's willing, and we can have that discussion that we talked about with him being one of the people who was instrumental in forming of Homeland Security, as we know it today from the beginning. But outside of that, um, what else do you have planned for the rest of the week?
1: Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think. I feel like this week I don't have a whole lot going on because I have a really busy week at work. Um, We're basically finalizing our 2022 Uh, marketing plans and budgets and all of that stuff. So we present to basically like our executive leadership team on Thursday. So most of my week leading up to that is is getting everything prepared.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, work is a good thing. And of course, if you stay busy with work, it makes the day go by faster. (laughs) But yeah, I don't think nobody should be complaining about work because of the fact there are plenty of job opportunities out there that a lot of people are not willing to take.
1: That's true. <laughs> you know, so
0: yeah, so when you, when you turn around and you look at it okay, we are about to step on our own foot, but it's only because of people looking at the me complex. It's all about me. Right. You know.
1: Right. <laughs> so, like I said,
0: that's another conversation, but Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Change has to come. It has to come. But um, Mm -hmm. outside of that, I think the rest of my week, I'm going to be working on some videos. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna be planning out um, which matches, major matches I want to shoot in the 2022 season. And I'm going to actually start getting back to a workout plan. Because one thing I've realized is, I can't do the same thing I did when I was 20 and 30 years old. I mean, I could used to, I can just wake up and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to run four miles. Not a problem. All right, oh, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to do this. Not a problem. Now, okay, I wake up, I'm going to run four miles. I'll probably get down the bottom of the stairs and be like, you know what, forget this. (laughs) I'm going back to bed. (laughs) So um, my Superman feat is a little bit harder to get to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as it was a couple of years ago. So, <laughs> and I think the remedy for that is, is just get back into a regular workout program that I was doing prior. So sometime, you know, January, February, March timeframe, I'm thinking about diving back into jujitsu full-time and um, just getting back into a regular workout regime. You know, so it will come a little bit easier than me sitting there planning two weeks. Man, I gotta go ahead and pop my back now because Tuesday coming around, <laughs> we're going to run down the track. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just keep it simple, you know.
1: So.
0: Yeah, so that's the only thing I have going for it. So, um, but anything else you want to speak on before we close out of the show? I don't-
1: I think so I mean yeah I feel like now that the now that Thanksgiving is over I'm interested to kind of see what what cases will get kicked up or what kind of you know what the news cycle will feed to us the next couple of weeks to chat about yeah
0: that's another rabbit hole and I tell you when we get off of the air <laughs> what I see coming and I was like oh lord here we go again <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so um, if everybody will, please go follow me on social media if you haven't done so yet. Um, you can look me up on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching for at M underscore W tactical, go to Facebook and YouTube and look up M tactical. And give me a like, follow, and share everything you see on there and actually share the podcast with the people who you know that might be interested in podcasting and or firearms or just conversation in general. If you want to go ahead and follow Rockstar, do so by following.
1: It's at Rockstar Burst, B-E-R-S-T on Instagram. That's... Well, you'll find me most frequently, I feel like it's... I mean, yeah, that's my favorite form of social media. It's just easy to communicate. It's easy to send videos and memes and all the things. So, and it's... Um, yeah, I, and you still get good content. Although, I don't know. Like, I don't use Twitter. I feel like Twitter's is a cesspool. <laughs> Facebook, I'm on there, but I don't really use it to you know, communicate back and forth. It's more just like I write posts and share things. So if you want to interact with me, Instagram is where to find me. Hey, that's it right there. So um
0: if everybody will, please stay in your seats and here are a few words from our sponsors.
4: Hey everyone, John from Outdoor Dynamics here. We're a remanufacturer of ammunition based in Canapolis, North Carolina. We make everything from 9mm 115 grain to Specialized forty Smith & Wesson. So if you have anything from an open gun to just a standard Glock 19, feel free to reach out to us at OutdoorDynamics.net or we're on Instagram and Facebook with OutdoorDynamics. And we're always here for you. Happy to answer any questions you have.
3: Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina, or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon.
6: Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunters HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the the colors that we use and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com. And I look forward to seeing you at the range soon.
5: JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit oak leather securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Boltron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com.
6: I'm Jason Pratt, Master Class USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you.
2: Mental Health & Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org.
0: Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site, where you can even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please... Go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.